The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. And Carrie, I got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell with you this morning. Carrie, you were right. The somber summer of 22 is not over yet. It's getting worse. But it's still, we still have sunshine. Uh, it could be worse. But it was, was it, do you remember? It just wasn't that long ago. Wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. Remember this? This was a State of the Union address. And so this wasn't that long ago. This was This is President Biden's plan at State of the Union, how he was going to cure inflation or beat inflation. Too many families are struggling to keep up with their bills. Inflation is robbing them of gains they thought otherwise they would be able to feel. I get it. That's why my top priority is getting prices under control. Look, our economy roared back faster than almost anyone predicted. But the pandemic meant that businesses had a hard time hiring enough people because of the pandemic to keep up production in their factories. When that happens, it takes longer to make goods and get them to the warehouses, to the stores, and go prices go up. And so we have a choice. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Oh, I, we're all Lower your costs, not your wages. Make more cars and semiconductors in America. More infrastructure and innovation in America. More goods moving faster and cheaper in America. More jobs where you can earn a good living in America. Did he take that from Instead Trump? Instead of relying on foreign <laughs> supply chains, let's make it in America. And then he gets a standing ovation. My plan to fight inflation yeah. will lower your cost and lower the deficit. Hmm. 17 Nobel laureates in economics said my plan will ease long-term inflationary pressures. Top business leaders, and I believe most Americans support the plan. And here's the plan. First, cut the cost of prescription drugs. Has that happened yet, Chris? How? I was going to say no. cost of insulin $35 a month. But didn't he raise it? One of his executive orders? While we're at it, I know we have great disagreements on this floor with this. Let's let Medicare negotiate the price of prescription drugs. Has that happened yet? Look, the American Rescue Plan is helping millions of families with Affordable Care Act plans to save them $2,400 a year on their health premiums. Oh, I could go on and on and on. You know, so this is the, I think this is the issue that's going on with the Democrats, Gary. They, they, they're all, they're a lot of talk, but is there any action? Zero. And they're running out of time. If you believe that they will lose their 50 seat majority with Kamala, you know, in the Let's Senate hope. and p- perhaps their majority in the House. President Biden's still in until 2024. Right, but that possibility makes the somber, somber less somber. And and Congress will go into their August recess when around August 8th. Which is ridiculous. It's not that far off in the future. I don't know why they get a summer break. We got some big issues. They did that back Right, but I'm saying, don't you think we have some major issues going on? Well, you know, and and of course, I don't think much is going to get done when they get back because they're going to be into campaign mode for the midterms. So, so much for the people. So, but the, so I'm. So here's like. So are how much of this 
This is a quick list I just thought up at the top of my head, Kerry. How much of this is going to get done in the next couple of weeks? Okay. So first of all, they're still busy with the January 6th hearings. Is, mm-hmm. is anybody even watching that? I don't no. know. They want the Active Shooter Alert Act. Okay. They want that going. They want it made in America legislation. That's what President Biden was just talking about mm-hmm. back in the State of the Union. That's still going. Now they've got the Women's Health Protection Act. Okay. To, to ease what, you know, they're so concerned about the road. Right. In a way, you know, and that's, uh, you know, the, the they want to, you know, they want Biden to come declare a, a health emergency, you know, because of abortion. Um, and they, they want, you know, they they want to ease the process for women to cross state lines, right. you know, to get abortions, stuff like that. They still haven't done the National Defense Authorization Act with well, a war a in Europe. I think maybe that's important. OK, uh, then we've got the CHIPS bill. Right. You know, which is, you know, again, uh, I, I, our, our governor, Dwight, he must be sweating bullets right now because Intel had postponed their you know, groundbreaking ceremony. Right. Intel saying we're not building Ohio if the CHIPS Act wasn't right, passed. That was a big deal. I, I'm t- I, I said that from the beginning you know i mean they're what you know and and mitch mcconnell by the way is, is basically said if you want to get the if you want our, the republican support for the chips bill there there can't be any bill back better and now the bill back better now it's really called the bill back mansion right because i think chuck schumer is realizing that mansion's got much more power than he does right and that's you know first it was the skinny bill back better only the only trillion dollar right. package instead of the original two trillion that's out right now you know with the 9.1 percent cpi you know handle on inflation mansion came back just recently or you know, we're taping the show on friday morning mm-hmm. mansion came back and said no i don't want any i'm not going to vote for anything that's got you know more spending or corporation income tax rate or any individual yeah, no no tax hikes right now when we've got 9.1 percent you know runaway inflation um then you know you, you talk you know schumer and mansion were working on a prescription drug plan that was only 190 pages they're they're right up on that carrie have you read all 190 pages no do you think anyone in the country even understands our health care how it works in this country i i know i don't um, so they want, you know, Medicare to negotiate drug prices. Okay. Um, they want to limit the out of pocket, uh, uh, pay for a, 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 a Medicare, I guess, pay or anyone, you know, $2,000 a year. Um, yeah, but that's not realistic either. Who's going to pay for that? Healthcare. I mean, 2000 a year is easy to one procedure, one test. I, that's my point. That's it, not the, realistic. It, it, it's, you know, the new Alzheimer's drug, you know, a bio, you know where they cut, they cut the price from 56,000 to 28,000, but that's still 28,000 a year. Right. You know, so, so, and you're only, I, I, I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. Have the Democrats, are they all just talk? Okay. I'm not even done yet, Carrie. I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm just keeping it to the, my, my this dozen. Is, okay. This okay. is good reason why they shouldn't be going anywhere. Okay. Then you've got the Affordable Health Care Act. That's a mess right now because, you know, the Obamacare subsidies are set to the extended subsidies, right. the, the Rona relief that was set to expire in 2022, right this Ooh. year. And if they don't make that extend that or make it permanent, the, you know, millions of Americans will see their Obamacare premiums go up 50 to 55 percent. Okay, that's um, a chunk. Now, Mansion's already said he's on board for a two-year extension, so we'll see if that gets done. Uh, how about that student loan debt forgiveness? Remember <laughs> President Biden's uh, oh, pledge for ten thousand per person? How's that coming along? Where's Gary? that? How's is that, that gonna, done yet? Is that free? No. Okay. Oh, so the latest on that front. Well, okay. So what? What they're uh, they they're now they're attacking. They say, well, we can't relieve you know because remember President Biden was saying, well, I think I can do this by executive order. I don't think no, you he can. can do it by executive order. If it was if he could, I think it would have been done by right. now. So I'm not sure. He can do it by executive because order. Because where are you going to pay for it? All right. So so now what they they want to do is they want to take care of the interest capitalization. You know okay. what that is, Carrie? Yeah. Yeah. That's when you, you know when you accrue interest if you defer because right now the, everyone's under the deferral, right? Right. The suspension that ends August thirty first. Right. Um, all right. Now, um, so if so if you've deferred and paying anything, some some of these loans the interest goes back and adds to the principal of the loan. So you're paying more. So you're accruing more interest. Right. Because interest is adding to the principal. Right. That is that is killing a lot of right. you know and so so they want to take care of that how are they going to take care of that i don't know they they want to um 
They want to remove interest capitalizations on loans entering repayment following a grace period. That's what's happening right now. Interest capitalization on direct loans during forbearance periods. Okay, annual capitalization of unpaid interest when a borrower's income contingent repayment plan doesn't cover the accrued interest. Uh, interest capitalization on defaulted loan. I even I even said they're saying that uh, they would they would relieve that for a uh, an individual who has student loans but not a degree. So you, you get so if you flunk, I, I guess that's a do over. Right. You borrow to go to college, you flunk out or drop out or whatever. You don't have to pay the debt. I think that some of the colleges should maybe give some of that you money think? back, pull money into the be required. Uh, I don't know, or somehow. How about the climate change? Okay, um, you know, does anyone in America care about climate change right now at nine point one percent inflation? Um, apparently, and some of that is. Ron Wyden does. You know, Ron Wyden, chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. Here's his quote. This is our last chance to prevent the most catastrophic and costly effects of climate change. We can't come back in another decade and, and, and forestall hundreds of billions, if not trillions, in economic damage and undo the inevitable human toll. Right. With the electric cars, which I laughed. I Somebody, um, actually one of our clients sent me a video and it was asking GM had this new electric car recently that came out. They were and they said, well, where's the electricity coming from? They had the utility and they said, coal, 90 percent comes from coal. So mansion's backyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, OK, one more. How's UBI coming along? Oh, I think that's terrible. Some states are okay. doing it, though. I heard some stimulus for yeah. some money this summer. I think Minnesota, I know, was one of them. Well, I don't. I, God, I'm going to break the bad news. The fourth stimulus check isn't in the mail here. Right. And nor do I think it is going to be. No. Um, and the the, the 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 child tax credit extension, all the, all that. I don't know. So I don't know. So, but anyways, these are all on the Democratic agenda. That how many of these carried do you think will get done in the next two weeks? Hmm. None. All right, get us started. All right, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here on Saturday mornings on 1420 between 9 and 10, and we're a financial educational talk program. I've uh, been doing this show for more than 20 years now, and we're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an affordable, fee-based, Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm that's been around Cleveland area well over 35 years, helping people through objective and biased analysis and do financial modeling and traditional financial planning. We don't do investments. What we do is model in these different uh, scenarios so that people get clear on what steps do they take, especially during times of economic uncertainty and turmoil, and you're worried about inflation, market volatility, um, potential future taxes, and how that impacts your spending and financial decisions or your retirement date. And we can model all that in using these long-term detailed projections. And we're also known for objective unbiased analysis, um, whether you're facing with timing of Social Security, pension elections, IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions, or what things you can do to keep more money in your pocket. And as much as it's it's also about saving money and peace of mind on what we do for our plan planning for our clients, we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we're happy to do by phone or in person to see if you're someone who can benefit from our services. You can give us a call for that free consultation or um, you can go to our website and our website now has our free educational IRA tax qualified and Roth planning classes in September that you're more than welcome to sign up for now. So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, which we do some free analysis um, just for you coming in and looking at these issues, again, we can do that by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Yeah. So you mentioned the, the classes and, and Roth conversions, you know, with everything being down <laughs> this year, I mean, stocks are down, Carrie. You know, the S&P is mm-hmm. down, what, 20%. Um, bonds are down. The U.S. Agri bond index was, I don't know if it's still down double digits, but right. gold is now negative year to date. I think gold's down about four to five percent year to date. The, the, the only thing that maybe isn't down in terms of return re- cash and fixed annuities, right? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about today right. here later on about you know how is your sixty forty allocation, or maybe you're even more conservative than that maybe you're fifty fifty. 
So I don't know. Probably your stock guys are telling you just hang in there on the stocks, right? Yeah, right. That's either the sixty percent or the fifty percent, depending on where you're at. Maybe you're whatever. You got to figure out what your allocation is. Don't ask your neighbors. You have to kind of figure out where you're at. But what are you doing on the fixed side? Because that's what walloped a lot of people this year is that the worst bond bear market in history, right? It, you know, no one was used to that. And now the question is, all right, how do you, how do you, you know, you thought that maybe the fixed side was going to keep that, uh, you know, keep you okay, even in rough stock market years. But now maybe we're not even sure about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, right now, I, I hate to break the bad news for you, but I don't think your 60-40 portfolio in 2022 is going to keep up with the recent 15-year annualized average of 7.63%. No. All right. Um, so, are you, you know, so what do you, so does that mean the 60-40 is dead? No. It's just, it, you just it, have it to died, adjust. It, it, it's, you're not going to get the normal returns this year. But, you know, but you have to be active. Are you just going to sit on your couch and complain about, you know, you know, what what can you do on the fixed side? So we'll talk a little bit about that as as well today. Um, And on top of the, you know, peaking inflation that hasn't peaked out yet. And, you know, the the 210 bond curve going into, you know, inversion. um, And we've got the Rona coming back. Right. Carrie, the B.A. five. Right. I don't even pay attention Good to that. Grief. It's it's not I mean, we knew it was going to be here to stay. We just have to learn to live with it and we're going to have variants, I believe, forever. All right. So here's the bad news. I'm sure you've heard from it, you know, the CPI Wednesday and everybody now knows the headline number 9.1%. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? All right. Um All right. Experts were thinking about 8.8%. Um month over month 1.3%. That is not the trend that President Biden was hoping for. The street was looking for about 1.1%. Um, if you want to look at core CPI, which is more what the Federal Reserve and a lot of economists you know, rely on, okay, the core year over year was 5.9, slightly better than previous month of 6.0 which was slightly better than the previous month of that, 6.2, which was slightly better than the previous month before that of 6.5. So the core is still trending down, annualized year over year. That's the Fed's tools working. The problem is the month over the month, we don't see that same trend. No. So in in June, the month over the month core was up 0.7%, which was higher than the previous month of 0.6. So again, mixed signals there. Then we got PPI, right? Um, and you know the the producer, uh, you know, and that's that's the the wholesale prices carry, right? Um, and that was. Bad news. All right. So year over year, 11.3%. Higher than the previous reading of 10.8. Okay. Um, But the the peak was in March, which was at 11.6. Okay. So we came down from March 11.6, only to creep back up to 11.3. Most professional, most experts, I guess, say that's due to the oil and the gas pricing, right? the the um yeah and the month to month 1.1%. Wow. Okay. Um a bit higher than last month's month to month 0.8. So that's that inflation not peaked yet, right? Um on the core PPI uh year over year 6.4 that is better than the previous year over year 8.3. Mm-hmm. You know, better. Um and on the month and month uh, 0.30, which was better than the previous month, the month 0.50. So maybe again, the core is, and that's what the Federal Reserve keeps saying. Their tools work on the core. They can't do much about oil prices. Now, of course, President Biden this weekend is going to fix that, right? Because he's uh, talking to the don't Saudi hold your prince. Breath. All right. Okay. Um, now, and, and it's a good thing that maybe it's, you know, because we don't have any problems there at home. So it's a good thing he's doing that tour. Um, <laughs> all right. So. So what do you do? Um, 
Well, there's there's a lot of Cassandras out there, right? Right. Um, so let's give the Cassandra Award of the Week, Carrie. Right? Okay. All right. So these are, and, and what is a Cassandra, Carrie? That was you talked about last week where you could predict the future, but nobody believed you. Right. Based on the Greek mythology, right. you know, the beautiful Cassandra who was, uh, was uh, Apollo fell in love with. Right, and, and, and she didn't return it, so he cursed her. Right, so he first gave her the gift of prophecy, but then when she didn't, you know, go, you know, hook up with him, <laughs> so that we'd she say declined. today, um, he threw her a curveball and said, okay, yeah, I'm not going to take back, I'm not an Indian giver, you can keep your gift of prophecy, but he just cursed her, saying that no one would ever believe her. Right. So for the rest of her life, she told these amazing prophecies, and no one believed her, and they all came true. Right. Uh, all right. So who gets the Cassandra of the Week award, Carrie? I don't well, know. Well, we're going to do the best Cassandra and the best supporting Cassandra. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So the best Cassandra goes to Larry Summers. Okay. We all heard about Larry Summers, right? Um, all right. Um, I think it is unlikely, very unlikely, that we will see inflation come down to a target range without a significant economic downturn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, of course, he's a Harvard University professor. He was Clinton Obama administrations. He's completely. He's repeatedly sounded alarm over rising inflation. Um, you know, we need a quite substantial slowing just to get to normal and back to capacity. If you want to have inflation come down out of the system, you have to get below capacity where supply exceeds demand. My best guess would be that we would. That my best guess would be that we're not out of this without a significant interval six percent unemployment. Ooh, that's okay. gonna hurt. Um, all right. So he is not very positive. Okay, so he gets the Cassandra Week of the Week award, and supporting Cassandra is Steve Forbes. Okay. Okay, we all know Steve Forbes. Mm-hmm. Um, big. Big financial crisis is coming. Um, what's ahead warns of a brewing storm. Remember the Jane Diamond talking about the the economic hurricane. Carrie, oh, great! Coming. Just um, what we need on top of everything. What's else? ahead warns of a brewing storm that that will be a global in nature and could wreak immense damage economically and politically. Um, numerous nations have amassed immense debt. The binge borrowing began before the pandemic. P- p- pandemic. Um, now with inflation rampant, interest rates are rising, making it unlikely that many of these governments will be able to service their obligations, fueling the unrest, our growing shortages of food and fuel. All right. Whoa, uh, way to be positive. Okay, so. So they got any solutions in there or just uh, saying doom and gloom? The, you know, they're just they're just prophesizing Carrie. all right well there's not a lot you can do i mean what potentially could happen but if you have a plan you know how to adjust and certainly people have gotten out of the market and we have clients that or prospective clients have told us they went to cash or they've gone into fix because they're terrified of these articles and you and you see a lot of them as you know the percentages of a recession coming or an economic downturn you know, we've seen headlines for a week and it keeps getting worse as the potential. So people are scared. They want principal preservation, you know, with some growth. Although if you've seen checking and saving, I was I was working on a network this week and, you know, checking 0% savings. A money market savings even was 0.04%. Right. So, it, you know, again, it, it see, the, the idea is that I don't know how much you can do to ward off an economic downturn at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can vote, make your vote count, right? but you get one vote. That doesn't, and, I, I can't control and, the economy. And these are global issues. Um, but we can look to say, are there any bright signs in all the data that we're going? Okay, so we got retail sales. Okay. this uh, And retail sales was up, okay, um, up 1%. All right. Um, beating the, the, the economists didn't think it was going to be up that high. They thought maybe this demand destruction was going to affect, you know, we, mm-hmm. we'd see it. But no, the the, uh, you know, the the American consumer is hanging in there. All right. Um, so that's good news. All right. So and I guess the, the how to summarize that, Carrie, I guess. So the haves are still spending. OK. All right. Um, and apparently the have nots are still buying right 
But really, their excess cash has been depleted. There ain't no fourth stimulus check on right. them. The child uh, tax credit has right. ended. All right. So, but they're still buying. So, guess what they're buying on, Gary? Debt. Okay. Credit card balances Which, have skyrocketed. And guess what, though? Interest rates are going up there, Interest too. rates are going so, up. You think so that might be a problem. So that's going to cost you more, right? That's a disaster coming, Mark. I thought you were saying good news. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> I know. That, I don't know. You said yeah, the retail. The, so, yeah, spending well, but getting in more debt, and that's a potential problem down the road. Right. It may be. And then Amazon, you know, had Prime Day. Did you buy anything on Prime Day? I did. Whoa, whoa okay, I did, Carrie. and I usually Carrie. don't, but I actually there did. There we go. Okay. And I even sent a care package to my daughter who moved to South Carolina. You know, I, yeah, I sent my kids stuff, too. I, I did not. I, I have in prior years, but I just... I never have before, not once. So a lot of I, times, it's just like... the. The it's just big expensive items that it's no seen. there was some good well I mean I'm not, you can get like you know dish you know dishwasher tablets I was going to say but. my daughter just joking as a joke because she's first time on her own I sent her a ton of toilet paper there you because it was cheap hey you know <laughs> times are getting worse Carrie you right know, you know. Um, but so early Amazon saying it's the it was the biggest ever now they never released dollars they just released. Sold. Percentages? No, or just item units, numbers. Item okay. sold, and they said it was over three hundred million. Wow! You only bought a hundred of that million, right? Jeez. I mean, um, but you know, so all right, so yeah, so so I guess all right. There you go. Then we have you know from that school up north, we've got the consumer sentiment. Okay, that mm-hmm. came out today, this morning. We're taping this on Friday, uh, and that got better. So this is so now. This is a soft feely, you know, touchy feely mm-hmm. type of thing. How much does really consumer sentiment? I mean, what people say, how they feel, isn't necessarily how much they're buying on right. Amazon Prime Day, right? Um, but at least you know. So so remember, we talked about this last month that the consumer sentiment was that for the five to ten year inflation forecast was three point one percent. Obviously, a lot higher than the Fed's. Pr- targeted two percent right mm-hmm. and the fed still hasn't wavered from their targeted two percent um but no so this one that came down a little bit so now they said um most u.s consumers are saying that they they project five to ten year inflation at 2.8 percent now again where does this all this all leads to you know what assumptions you're making in your plan you know what assumptions are you making for inflation one last data bit carry that we started the earnings season Right. Okay. Second quarter. And of course, you know, the big banks go first, the big bad banks. And so this is where we look to see these bellwether, you know, corporations, how they are doing. All right. And what they're saying, because there's some pretty smart guys run these businesses, Mm -hmm. guys and gals, by the way. Um, All right. So let's start. So let's start with JP Morgan. Okay. Jamie Dimon. All right. Well, so earning also earnings per share came in at two seventy six, two dollars and seventy six cents versus the expected two eighty eight. Okay. That's a miss. Okay. Revenue came in at thirty one point six three billion, but the street was looking for thirty one point nine five billion. That's a miss. Okay. Um what did Jamie Dimon have to say? Uh, the U.S. economy continues to grow, and both the job market and the consumer spending and their ability to spend remain healthy. Um, but geopolitical tension, high inflation, warning consumer confidence, the uncertainty about how high rates have to go, and the never-before-seen quantitative tightening and their effects on global liquidity combined with the war in Ukraine and its harmful effect on global energy and food prices are very likely to have negative consequences on the global economy sometime down the road. Their shares were down 3.5% in pre-market trade. Okay. Um, how about Morgan Stanley? Okay. So earnings per share came in at $1.39. The street was looking for $1.53. Ooh, That's a miss. miss. Okay. Revenue came in at $13.13 billion um, versus the street was looking for $13.48 billion. A little bit short. That's a miss. Okay, um, the bank results were hurt by a steep 55% decline in investment banking revenue. Remember, bonds are down, stocks are down. Right. Gold's down. You know, Which you know. is surprising. And, and I don't know if Morgan Stanley sells fixed annuities. I don't know. Um, probably not a whole lot of them. Okay, so um, 
What did James Gorman, CEO, have to say? Overall, the firm delivered a solid quarter in what was a more volatile market environment than we had seen for some time. Okay. Um, he added that good trading results helped partially counter weaker investment banking activity. Shares fell 1.75% in early trading. Okay, can we find a winner? Okay, Citigroup found a winner, Carrie. All, All right. right. Okay, Citigroup earnings per share came in at two dollars and nineteen cents, beating street estimates of a dollar sixty-eight. Okay, uh, revenue came in at nineteen point six four billion, beating street estimates of eighteen point twenty twenty eighteen point two two billion. Solid beat. Um, this is where we have Jane Frazier. You know, she's the new recently appointed CEO. Uh, remember, she got off to a rough start, in the, and I'm glad to see that maybe she, she's you know showing some results here. Her comment in a challenging macro and geopolitical environment, our team delivered solid results, and we are in a strong position to weather uncertain times given our liquidity, credit quality, and reserve levels. Stock was up nine percent on the news. So, what do we take away from these type of Well, a couple of things in what you know what Miss Fraser just said. How are your reserves doing? Have have you kept up your an adequate cash reserve in case times get rougher? And in case you have an unplanned expense, not that our clients ever have those, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how is your liquidity? It's the same question. In other words, right. do, you know, are, do you have some, you know, are you prepared to buy on the dips or at some point? Or are you prepared to, and we're going to talk today about the fixed side of your portfolio, right? Are you, you have some cash that's not earning a whole lot yet, but, what about, you know, are you keeping an eye on what CD rates are doing and what fixed annuity rates are doing? You know, these alternatives to the other fix, you know, because maybe you're a little bit sour on the bonds. But, you know, bonds eventually will come back to um, the bond buyers are probably already active. But a lot of our clients are saying, I, 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 I'm looking for something else. I want right. that principal protection. Right. Um, they never believe that their bonds could drop. So even though we were right. warning for years, <laughs> bonds can go down in value, too. Right. A lot of people are saying little growth is better than loss. Right. So safety is important for a lot of people because... There are a lot of people going into so much liquidity that they're not even getting close to anything for growth on the fixed side. And certainly with CD rates, I know um, you can check bank rate and NerdWallet does a good job of comparing local areas. Um, even a one-year rate isn't even 1%. Now, there's some banks that have some specials or jumbo rates, um, but even... Um, one of the local banks does have a special for 59 months, you can get a 3% CD rate. But anything else, um, actually at Bankrate, they said that the rates in Ohio slightly dropped from last week. So, now, if, if, like the Fed interest rates are going up, but certainly not so, keeping so, up, not even coming close. Oh, so, so okay, so, so, okay, we're going to get into that. I want you to, the, the last thing before we do that, Carrie, um, all right, just if you believe that times are going to get worse, all right, and you're wondering if you're still going to be okay. In other words, see, what we've been trying to talk to our clients about and certainly listeners on the radio show is that no matter how bad this economic downturn, this economic hurricane is, you're not going to run out of money in the next 12 months, right? Let's hope not. Or- Let's hope not, all right? Um, so a lot of people will, but mm-hmm. a lot of people won't. All right. Now, so you, this is where your modeling comes back into play. It, you know, do you, are you modeling a worst case scenario knowing that really what you want to know perhaps is if the, if we do have rough economic times for the next, however negative you want to go one year, two years, whatever, that. In a weird way, it just affects how long your nest egg is lasting, right? Mm-hmm. So you, let's say your base case plan was lasting to age 90, 95, do I hear 100, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. your peace of mind. So what you want to try to do is say, okay, if I have this worse economic condition than what my base case was projecting, does my money last? Is it running out at age 80? Or is it running out, if I wanted it to last at 95, is it going to 93? Maybe I'll still be okay there. 
or if I didn't run my plan down to zero in my base case plan, you know, is it now running to zero? You know, those types of things. So if you want to do this on the back of a napkin, all right, you, you know, and this is just for the radio purposes, you might want to just use, you know, Bill Benjamin's 4% rule, but modify it to a worse economic condition. So everybody knows Bill Benjamin's 4% rule was based on a 30-year time period. It was based on a 5% rate of return. It was based on a cost of living or inflation of 3.5%. Okay. And the idea is whatever your nest egg started with, um, you know, how much could you take out the first year? And then the second year, you could take out three and a half percent more than the first year and so on and so on. Assuming that that 5% rate of return holds up for the 30 year time period. And by the end of the 30th year, your investment balance is approaching zero, meaning Mm -hmm. you've, you've solved that you, you, you get, you got your plan, which was spending the last dollar in the last day. All right. Um, well, now, so you know, take the million dollar example. Meaning, the first year you take out forty thousand. You know, you got the you get the picture. So now, but what if we modify that and say, well, what if we have higher embedded inflation? Okay, so I'm going to assume seven percent inflation in the first year, then five percent, then four percent. Okay, then back to three and a half percent. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to build that into the model. And then I'm also, though, I'm not going to assume a 5% rate of return. Um, I'm going to assume a 15% loss in the first year, then 0% in the second year, then maybe 2.5% now that we're through the recovery, so to speak. And I don't, and I'm the one, Mark, that I don't know if I'm ever going to go back in the market. I want to know if, what if we never get more than a 3% rate of return ongoing? What if I stick to that fixed side? Okay. Um, all right. What would that do to the 4% rule? Now, Kerry, can you do that math in your head? No. All right. Uh, so the robot doesn't take the robot very long to do it. Your 4% rule becomes 2.12% rule. Okay. So in the first year, you instead of taking out a budget of $40,000, you could be budgeting about $21,000. Basically cut in half. Now, does that still can you does that still work in your plan? It depends. It depends. You know, cuz you've got to add in now cuz you know, first of all, you've got to figure out well how much, you know, so it, it you have to figure out what your nest egg is, right? But then you also have to add into that target withdrawal any other fixed retirement income which could be social security pensions or fixed annuities right. or, or any type of annuity that you contractually turned on the guaranteed life income right and that's you know why we, we see and that's why we're going to talk a little bit today carrie i'll get you started on that after you know that you know that's in but that that's a way you could say okay now, if you if you believe that some of these bad things are going to happen, but not all of them, then you go in and you adjust the four percent rule accordingly. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's how that's a quick way to do it. Now, when we actually build a detailed financial model for our clients, we don't we go away from these simple rules because it's not really realistic. You don't spend an even amount every year going up by right. inflation. Some years you have to buy automobiles. Some years you've got weddings. Some you may have a mortgage that's going to term out in, right. in, in those in that period. Maybe your time period isn't 30 years. Maybe it's longer, maybe it's shorter. Mm-hmm. Okay? What maybe your investment advisor is saying, "Oh, I can, you know, you don't need to do 3%. I mean, I can do better than that." Um, these are all this is how you um, can play the different what if games. And but by doing this, and then by getting a long range projection, it, it it helps you get into a decision making mode. Meaning, in this worst economic con, you know scenario, do I have to make adjustments now? In other words, do I have to work longer than I was planning, or do I, if I'm already retired, do I have to cut my discretionary spending? Do I have to go deeper than that and mm-hmm. cut mandatory living expenses? Do I have to tighten my belt that way, um, or do I can I do I have to buy a low a lower a lesser car in the future than what I was planning, or less Hawaii trips? In my golden years, these are that that's the decision making mode that having a good detailed plan based on conservative and realistic assumptions helps you in a decision making mode. All right. Um, all right. 
So, Carrie. Um, and I guess, Mark, that's a good example of what we do with the estate planning team and how we can help and give you clarity and peace of mind and also know your growth rate. When you talked about just people, you know, our people are saying, hey, if I never go into the market again and I can get some fixed options and I can do all the spending I want to and have that peace of mind, I'm good with that and know that I'm not running out of money. I'm fine with that. Um, but if you want to take advantage, we do offer a free no obligation consultation by phone or in person. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website. You can send us an email for the free consultation or sign up for our free educational September IRA and Roth planning classes. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, so Carrie, you listen to Mark Dolly and Carol Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we certainly have had a lot of discussions with our clients talking about that relationship between how much risk do you need to be okay, right? And part of that is the idea that you don't want to take on more risk to be okay, and that gets into how you're allocating your nest egg or your investments. And so to, it, it's, we've had a lot of discussion about, okay, is the 60-40 portfolio debt? Well, I don't know. I Still, that's probably our most popular right. from our clients. We don't manage investments. for, But 50-50 is also popular, too, right. and has been popular, right? Um, so... But the problem we've had this year is that the fixed side has fallen down the drain, you know, fallen off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Unless, again, you were in cash or perhaps fixed annuities. Mm-hmm. So the fixed annuities, there's a lot, you know, a lot of talk, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of advertising, right. a lot of, you know, the pressure, you know, and saying, okay, that's the, you know, now, this is the one word of caution. You know, in other words, if you're trying to decide what you d- to do with your fixed side, see, this is the problem that we've seen over the years is that if, if let's say you are going to be 60 40, Carrie, right? right? So this is the problem for the client, right? They're 60 40. So they've, let's say they've already got their 60% in their growth side. Right. So they're not going to put any more money over there, right? Right. Because they have their, they're at their peak, 60%. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to decide what to do with the 40%. Mm-hmm. Right, the fixed side. Right, and let's say a lot of that was in cash right now, or they they got out of the bonds because the bonds were go dropping like a rock. So now they're saying, okay, so they go to their investment advisor and and they say, okay, well, give me ideas on the forty percent. And the investment guy come back and says, well, you know, and and maybe they, you know, and maybe they even talk to the investment advisor about a fixed annuity, for example. Right. And and the stock guy immediately comes back and says, oh, I can beat a fixed annuity with my you know mutual fund. It's like they're they're missing the whole concept. The client doesn't want to put any more money in right. stocks. Right, they're two different animals. And, yeah, and we're it's not, not an all or nothing. And it's, it's not an apples and apples comparison. No, we're not trying to say that uh, the fixed is going to beat the market. All we're saying is we're at our peak. You know, so the point is, don't ask a stock guy about fixing it. I mean, you know what right. his answer is going to be. All right. The problem on the other side, it's it's the it's the individual. Let's say they've got they they just retired and they've got their million dollars in their four hundred one k, right? And they got to do something with it. They're not going to leave it at the company, right? So they're going to go in and to the fixed annuity guy and say, okay, what do I do with my million dollars in my four hundred one k? Gee, what do you think the recommendation is going to be? Oh, we can you can. Put it into something, and you can create income you'll never outlive. Oh, how much? Do I, <laughs> how much should I put in there? Obviously, the whole thing. I mean, in other right. words, they're going to say you put the whole thing in one fixed annuity. That's, Wrong. That's the problem we see. So, Carrie. So, I know you deal a lot with this. Right. So you take so, it. And, I, and since you mentioned it, because there are some of these income annuities out there that are great bonuses. What people don't understand is you don't get the bonus. Because I've had clients or potential clients ask me is, oh, I can get 30% or 50%. Well, you only get that amount if you typically, if you leave your money in the contract for 10 years is typically for some of these big bonuses. And then after that time period, you have to turn it on for a lifetime income. You can, you're never going to get that bonus as a lump sum walk away. Right. You're, yeah. It's that difference between 
what's the principle of the underlying value of the contract versus right. what is the guaranteed income withdrawal value. And frankly, if you decide to, um, once you turn on an income rider, that's an income like a pension. You can't say, oh, well, I wanted more this year or can I go back and access my any value? Once you've made that decision, you're locked in. So a lot of them are irrevocable and a lot of them don't go up with any inflation. So you have to right. be aware of that. And some, some do. And some do, but then they start really low and the increase isn't guaranteed. So there's a lot of things that people have misunderstandings, they hear the good stuff. And certainly in some cases, those make perfect sense. But it's not an all or nothing or how much I mean, we personally like when people are thinking about it, more of looking at a laddered concept like you do with CDs. Right. So so and that's a good place to, to pick up the conversation. So let's say you've got a, a client carrier or somebody out there who's saying, I'm just, I, okay, I'm, my f- growth is my growth side. I'm trying to decide to do it with my fixed side. Right. Whatever percentage that is of your portfolio. So, but they're, they're sour on bonds right now. Right. Okay. So they're looking to do something else. So, so what are the options if you're looking for principal protection, right? Well, CDs, which the rates well, are not. Or just keep it under the mattress. Right. How much rate of return do you get there? Zero. Okay. So let's, or you can keep a savings account. Uh, yeah, not even 1% in okay. a lot of cases. So let's get to CDs. So CDs even, the average one year is still right under 0.98%. Um, now, yeah, and, and some banks may Now, have, some banks yeah. have specials or, or amounts. Right. Even in 18 months, um, a brick-and-mortar bank is, you know, 1.5, 1.8. Now, there's online banks that right. have a bigger incentive. Right. So I've seen two, two and a half percent. For one year. For uh, 18 months. Okay. I've seen 1% for, I've seen close to 2% for one year. Okay. Now these are the internet banks, right? Right. So, so those are actually typically do better. But even like the five-year average CD is actually um, less than the 18 month in yeah, Ohio. That's the curve inversion. So... CD rates, as I said earlier, is even though the Fed keep raising, CD rates aren't really keeping up. Right. But it's better than under the mattress. Right. And the idea is you got to keep open because rates are going up. These ladders are getting more attractive now. You know, for during the pandemic shutdown or, you know, the low interest rate before the inflation, no one was doing CD ladders anymore because you wouldn't get anything for going right. out three years versus one year. Right. Um, but do you want to lock your money up longer than three years right now in a CD? Because the five-year CD is not a lot better, you know. Well, no, and it's less than, and not even if, even if it was slightly higher to lock up money for a longer period of time, when we have this economic uncertainty, we don't know what's going to be happening down the line and interest rates may even go up. There may be something better. Two years, three years down the line, the market may be booming and you may want the flexibility to do something else. Now, certainly if you're into some, uh, you can renew rates, but you should have, I think in these times of economic uncertainty, and we really don't know, and this isn't this year emergency fund, this is cash that you don't need in the short. Right. This is part uh, of your fixed side. Right. You, is it, that I think you need the flexibility as time changes, whether it's two years down the road, three years down the road, five years to say, okay, what's going on in the world? What are options of products? Or do I want to go back in the market? Do I need it for some cash flow need because inflation's through the roof? You know, have that flexibility to take it out, use it or put it into something else or CD rates better that I can renew it or something else. And having that flexibility to do that, because even though the CD rates there's some um, multi-year guarantee annuities, which are very similar to CDs. Okay, so so Carrie, is there is there an infl- is there a, a transition point where you're saying, okay, if I if again, so we're we're in this particular scenario, we're saying it's the client or the or the individual is not going to put any of this money back into the market because they've already mm-hmm. got their maximum right. that they can stomach in the market. Right. So they're and they and they want principal protection. Mm-hmm. They don't want any loss a risk of loss to principal. Right. So they're staying away from bonds right, right. now. All right. So they're back to cash your further cash reserve, right. okay. CDs, a ladder of CDs, but maybe they don't want to go out five years in the ladder of CDs because actually, if they're if they're willing to lock their money up that long, they could probably do better in a fixed annuity in that. Right, because right? so, even if the online banks say the two-year annuity is two, two and a half percent, there's a multi-year guarantee annuity that's for two years, depending on the, is 3.3 
to 3.5 that I found because I know some clients were looking at that means they could leave it there for two years and walk away. Right. And and that's now that's so that's getting better than that two or three year CD. And we've seen that trend lately where the fixed equity or the multi-year annuities are going up. Now that's guaranteed. Now, like CDs, they auto renew that you have this window after that time that you you get notified that you have to move the money or leave it there. It locks it in for a repeated year, similar to like CDs that do auto renew. But it does give you a much better rate if you don't need that money to get, you know, three, even there's three year rates at 4% now. So that's a multi, a multi-year guarantee. In other right. words, it, it, right now so you get that every year, and it's and by the way, it's tax deferred. So if you don't need that money, you're not right. paying taxes. If on it's it. non qualified, but certainly you can use at CDs or or these different types of new in an IRA right. in a Roth. Right there, you go in a Roth IRA. In other words, you're looking maybe you're you're interested in the concept because your market's down. You want to do the Roth conversion while the balances are low to get the tax discount, and the, you do the conversion. But you're not really sure you want to go all the way back in the market. Normally, we wouldn't think of fixed annuities in a Roth IRA, but we do have some clients who are saying, "Hey, I kind of like I'm I'm I, you know I'm okay with that right now," or they're they're just looking for the guaranteed income that they're going to turn on. Later on, they're you're, they're looking for that, and then once they turn on that guaranteed income rider in the Roth IRA annuity, all that income stream is tax free in the future. Right. So that and it depends. This is why custom planning matters. Right. In other words, there's a million uses, and it's and but we still see people what we're making the mistakes is. They don't. They they may understand the concept of a laddered CD, but they don't understand the concept of a laddered annuity. Well, because they're typically sold like, oh, let's put it all into one, and I don't think too much money in one concept. You know, even those income writers, maybe you want to put a portion of it and a portion in other ones, and certainly the multi-year guarantees at two, three, and four terms, and even five-year are beating CDs right now. But then there's also short-term fixed equity index annuities where you there's even three-year ones where you have the flexibility of fixed and also putting it into the market or different indices if you still want it, but you don't lose. You only get the upside potential if there's a gain. Um, And even there's some annuities that have values. I know you said gold was down, but if you believe gold might be up a year from now, putting it into a fixed equity index with a gold strategy. Right. This is if gold goes up, you participate. If gold goes down, you don't lose anything. Right. But if you think a year from now, gold might be higher than it is now. Five years from now. Maybe that's a good strategy to go in. But you also... When you go into a concept, you don't put 100% of it into that one strategy. Or in one life insurance company. Or one company. And like I said, we like to have the flexibility. What if you need the money? What if in- inflation keeps going up and I put 50000 in annuity, but then when it matures or I want to take out the penalty-free withdrawals or I want to do something else with it? Right. And it depends on how much you're planning and putting into this concept. You might not want to do it on all one day. Because if, if, if rates are higher a year from now, you may be able to get the same annuity contract at higher caps and higher rates next year. Right. So that's, the, that's part of all putting together a detailed plan. Right. And that's looking at it from an objective, unbiased analysis. So if you want help with this issues or any other issues that we talked about today, we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.